Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. That's good stuff right there. Amen. Thank you, Roberta. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I tell you, if that don't make you want to raise your hands and say, Hallelujah, Brother Lloyd. I'm sure he's watching this morning. Oh, that's good stuff. God is so good. He is so good. It's, uh, I believe if he's running after me, I'll just stop and let him catch me. <laughs> I know that's what that means, but, you know, isn't it, isn't it a truth, though, that, I mean, and I don't mean for this to sound bad, but in spite of his faithfulness and his goodness, why does it seem sometimes we run away? You know, I don't know. Anyway, God is good. His word is powerful. Um, you know, we, we've, uh, last week I kind of got started on uh, a message just talking about a couple of times in Scripture when, when Jesus says that, listen to me. Listen to me. I guess this is on. Listen to me. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Listen to me. He only says it with that kind of emphasis two or three times. And uh, last week I preached on one of them, and uh, this week we're gonna we're gonna kind of tackle the other one and look at it. Look at it. Uh, I was reminded actually yesterday that I've already preached on this passage of scripture as a pastor. So uh, and I and I know I have several times in my life, but you know what? I don't really care. Uh, I don't know what I said before. It may be the exact same thing. If you know that, then don't tell me, okay? But, um, you know, it's in, uh, it's in the book of Mark, chapter 4, if you want to turn there. But, but you know, but as, as I think about that, why, why is it important? Why, you know, when Jesus says, listen, and in the passage we're going to look at, it's listen, exclamation point. Right? I mean, it's an, it's an imperative command. I mean, it's, it's like, hear me. You know, this is important. So why, why is it important that we, that we listen to Jesus with the, you know, the ears of our heart? You know? And, uh, you know, and as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, the, the first thing is that, you know, that the words of Jesus are authoritative words. They're authoritative words in the book of John, right? John 14, Jesus says, The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me. The words of Jesus has the authority of Almighty, Almighty God of heaven and earth. And, uh, you know, in... In uh, John 8, 26, and these are all in John, but 
Jesus says, I have many things. He tells his disciples, his followers, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Right? He, 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 he says that, that all that I speak comes from the Father. Right? Which, which means, that, I mean, I know you know it, but there are no empty words of Jesus. They're all important. Because, because they, come from, they come from God. They come from the authority of God. They come from the Spirit of God, who, who, by the way, is never wrong and never makes a mistake. And everything that he does is so, so good. Even if we don't see it that way sometimes. John chapter 6, Jesus teaching his disciples says this, The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They are life. But there are some of you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. They walked, they walked with him no more. And Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? And you might remember the apostle Peter's response from the group. And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? For you, only you, have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. There is no other, no other voice that we should listen to to the extent that we listen to the voice of Jesus. All right, let's pray. Lord, as we come to this passage, as we come to your word today, God, I ask that you might grant us ears to hear. Lord, I pray that you might move in our hearts and, Lord, give us the ability through your Holy Spirit to respond and to change and to repent so that we might be all that you have commanded us and desire for us to be. For indeed, you are so, so good. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. We're going to start in verses uh, 1. I'm going to read through through verse 9. This is actually the, the telling of the, of the parable, right? And, and the first couple of verses say this, And again he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Now, I want you to, to get a to get a, a feel for what's going on here. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I don't know what a, how many a great multitude is, but I imagine that's a pretty big number. I don't know, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands. I don't have any idea. But it was so much that in order for them to hear him, he had to get away from them a little bit. Right? So, so this verse just tells us, you know, and, and, and that, that, I mean, in that multitude, you know, there were, you know, there were all kinds of people. Right? There were those who, there were his, his disciples, right, who were, who were there to follow him. They had heeded his call to follow him, to learn from him. Right in there, there were many, many others that, that walked with him in that way, that followed Jesus. 
Right, I don't know if you've been watching or have seen the television show, The Chosen, right? And uh, I like it. I really like it. But it kind of gives a picture, right, of, of people following Jesus. You know, I want to go. Can I go? You know, and that's, that's what it was. But there, but there were also, you know, those that wanted bread, wanted him to feed them, wanted to be healed. There were also those that were critical, right, that were critical of him and, and maybe even hostile, probably hostile to him. So this crowd was, this great multitude was made up of, of all kinds of people. All kinds of, with all kinds of different motives, all kinds of different places in life, you know, just every, all, all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I recall, I'm, you know, I know, um, you know, having spent a number of years as a youth minister, right, I've seen, I've seen that, right? I mean, kids come to youth group and uh, some of them come because, hey, they want to they wanna be taught the Word of God, right? Although I will tell you that normally that number is kind of in the minimum, right? But they come because their friends come. They come because there's a boyfriend there or a girlfriend there or somebody they want to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend there. Or, uh, or some of them come because mom and dad make them come. Now, that number is dwindling, right? But they, I've, I've seen that reason come. I've seen them come because they don't want to be at home. Right? Just somewhere else to be. Somewhere that's safe, somewhere that's fun, somewhere they're accepted. I mean, there's all, all kinds of reasons that they come to a youth group or follow Jesus around or perhaps even come to church. All kinds of reasons. And, and as Jesus gets into and, and tells this story, Right, verse 2 says, and he taught them many things by parables. Now, a parable, I mean, you probably know what a parable is, but it means to cast alongside. It's, it is a comparison of one type of thing to another. You know, it's been said that, that what it is is it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Right? And... Uh, you know, and, and sometimes when I'm preaching on parables, I, I try to get way more out of it than what it's actually, you know, trying to say. And we got to be careful with that, with parables. Not to push them too far to make them say stuff they don't say, right? But in, in parables like the one that we're going to look at today, Jesus leaves it pretty wide open. I mean, he tells us what it is, but, but, there's, but there's, there's several, I believe, that there are several applications force. And so we're, we're going we're gonna to read this, uh, this parable and then come back and, and talk about it a little bit. So he said, then he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his teaching, listen, exclamation point, <laughs> behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no crop. 
But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And then he said to them, He who has an ear, let him hear. He who has an ear, let him hear. In a minute, we're going to get to what Jesus talks about as the meaning for the parable, right? The first thing, I mean, he says, listen, listen, listen. a sower went out to sow. Now, you know, they, they sowed back then different than we sow now, right? I mean, the, the one that is sowing typically was the one that owned the field or was responsible for the field, and he would have a bag over his shoulder with seed in it, and he would take it, and he would just walk doing this, right? Scattering the seed. And uh, it wasn't really an exact kind of thing, but you know what? They didn't have implements that tilled the ground and, and did all those kind of things. You know, some of the stuff that I read said that a, a plowed field may have just been a, a stick with a scratch in it, right? That, uh, and that was, that was the extent of it. In fact, one commentator I read said they were terrible farmers, that, uh, that, that they just, I mean, they didn't, that's the, that's the way that they did. And by the way, a good yield for them, an incredible yield for them, would have been tenfold. You remember at the end of this story, Jesus said that that, that which was sown in good soil produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. Well, I mean, when the crowd heard that, they would have been like, wow, what? But you know, that's, that's the way it is with God. Right? God does amazing things. It's not just normal. It's not just normal stuff. The, the, we're we're going to see that this seed is the Word of God. And can I just tell you, the Word of God in a good heart, in good soil, produces amazing things. I jumped all the way to the conclusion. <laughs> but I'm, in case I don't get there, that's where I'm going. Right? Amazing things. And, 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 and this is not just about evangelism. Right? I mean, fruit is all kinds of stuff in the Bible. Right? It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's uh, increase in faithfulness. It's, it's uh, believing in answered prayer. I mean, it's, it's taking the, the word of Jesus and the promise of Jesus into our heart and saying, I believe that. I know that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the difference in 30, 60, and 100 fold. All good soil. But the word of God in good soil produces amazing, amazing things. But everybody's not good soil. Everybody's not good soil. Anyway, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. What is this wayside? Well, that's a path or it's a road. You know, I mean, in those days, they, they, they farmed in strips and, and uh, they walked on the farms. But in order to not just trample everybody's crops, they walked on a path. Right? Now, you know, one of the things that I thought about with this, and, and some of this is just kind of brainstorming stuff, you know what I mean, is that the path probably wasn't always there. 
The path probably at one time was kind of like the other field, right? And as one would walk on it, it probably was still usable field. But as it would get trampled over and over and over, it became like a road, hardened, right? It became a hardened path. But you know what? But, but, but the farmer, the sower, even sowed out onto that, right? I mean, because he just, you know, you guys ever fertilize anything by hand? I have. Any of it end up on the sidewalk or the driveway? Yes. Or mine does. You know why? Well, because I just am not that meticulous about how I do it. I just get it out there. Right? And, and that's the picture that we have. That's the picture that we, that we have of, of this sower. And then it says, verse 5 says, Some fell on stony ground where it didn't have much earth. Think of a, don't, think, don't necessarily think of a field full of rocks. Okay, I remember at, uh, at, uh, at the farm that my mom and dad used to own that we still have, uh, there's rock everywhere. Now, stuff grows on top of the rock a little bit. But if you want to put up a fence, you better bring you a heavy post hole digger. Right? Because about that far down, you're going to hit rock. And you're going to have to chip your way through that rock to get below it. And there's not a lot of good stuff that grows on top of those places. Right? There is some stuff that's growing. Right? But it's, it's not lush, healthy stuff. But that, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of picture that we get with this. Not a not bunch of rocks in the field, but just a, a layer of rock underneath places you know, that, where, the, where the soil looks good. Right? The soil looks good. So you can't tell the difference in the scratched up soil on the rocky ground and the good soil. They look the same, but they're not. One produces a crop and, and one does not. Anyway, it says, when the, immediately, immediately the seed sprang up, but because it had no depth of earth, when the sun come up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell among thorns, and thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I, I want to kind of start by saying Jesus, Jesus was speaking that parable to the multitudes, right? And he told the multitudes, Listen, hear me. Right? But, but the parable reveals that he kind of knew all of them wouldn't. Right? And in fact, sort of to his dismay, even, even those that were with the disciples didn't fully get it. Right? Verse 10, verse 10 says, But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him, about the parable. Ask him about the parable. And then in verse 13, Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now what that means, that's the reason he needed them to listen and to hear this. Because this is foundational. This is foundational to the teachings of Jesus. 
And we need to hear that too. He says, how will you, how will you understand all the parables? See, Jesus intended for them to listen and to hear, and he intended some to understand it and get it, right? And, and I am, and I'm sure they did. So Jesus says, here's the, he then interprets the parable, right? He says, the sower sows the word. The word word is logos, right? This is the word of God. Obviously, the sower is Jesus, Right? In the parable, the sower is Jesus. He is preaching and teaching to this multitude of people. And he is sowing the word out there to them. Like, like, like I am doing to you. Except a whole bunch of diverse crowd when Jesus was talking to him, probably more diverse. But he was sowing the word. He says, the sower sows the word. The Word of God, the Logos, the, the, the word, that which is, comes from the Father, that is life, that is spirit, right? That that sustains, that which nourishes, that Word. That Word. And, you, and, you, and, and, and I hope that, that you see the Word of God like that. Right? That you don't just see the Word of God as as a bunch of rules of stuff that says you don't do this and you don't do that. And you, that's, that is not what the Logos of God is about. It is about the Word of God that brings life, eternal life, fullness of life, joy. That, that Word. That's what we need to see as the Word. And he said that Word went out. And he said, and, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. These are the ones that are on the road. That when they hear, when they hear with their ears, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. See, the soil, the soil is man's hearts. All the soils represent men's and women's hearts. Their lives. Because you see, the parable is going to be about how, how do we receive the Word of God? How do we hear and receive the Word of God? And he said, these, these that, that are sown on the path, he said, Satan comes immediately and takes a word that is sown in their hearts. You see, this, this first soil, this pathway, this wayside, it was hardened. Soil, right? I mean, you get the picture. Um, in the parable, he said, birds come and take it away. When he's explaining the parable, he says, the birds are Satan. Or Satan sends the birds. Whatever, whatever however you might want to look at it. But there, the, the, the seed falls on a hardened heart where it cannot penetrate and it makes no difference. And Satan comes and steals it. Now, the other thing that I want to say that I think is cool about all of this is, you know what? Jesus doesn't just sow one seed one time. It is a continual sowing. Right? It's not a one-and-done deal. And, and we're going to have people hearing me today 
right, whether it's in this room or online or somebody that watches it, and, and there's going to be every type of soil, hear this word, every type. And, and, uh, and, and it won't be the first time, and I hope it's not the last time, that we, that we hear the Word of God, that we hear this, this story, this parable, right? But, but this first seed, this seed that falls on this first soil is the, the hardened heart. And, and I got to thinking about that. And it's like, okay, well, how, how does a heart get hardened? You know, and I mean, it's, you, we see it throughout Scripture. You know, going back to, going back to Exodus, Right? Going back to Exodus, we see that uh, uh, in Exodus chapter 8, when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, what had happened is, you, know, you remember, you know, Moses, which was the voice of God, the prophet of God, the word of God through Moses to Pharaoh. God told Moses, you, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Right? That's the word of God to Pharaoh. It came through Moses. And Pharaoh he didn't do it. And at one time he sort of did it and then he reneged. Right? When he found it, when, when he saw that the consequences of what of not obeying weren't gonna be all that bad, I can I can kind of tolerate that. Right? When he saw that there was le- a relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed them as the Lord had said. Over and over, Psalm 95 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. And today, if you hear, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your heart. The writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4, says it three different times, quotes that passage in Psalm. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. I believe that the hardening of a heart happens gradually over time, just like that walked-on path. Didn't start out a hardened path. Right? But as more and more people walk on it, the harder it gets. And, and, and the way that works in, in people's lives is we, we sense the voice of God either, either through the Word or through the Holy Spirit that speaks to us. We sense that, we sense that Word. We sense that command or that urging or, or whatever, whatever it will be. You know, I was having a discussion with a guy yesterday and I used, you know, example that, that I, you know, that I feel in my own life sometimes, right? I, I, I sense the prompting of the Holy Spirit to, hey, call so-and-so and say this or do this or, you know, whatever. You guys know what I mean, right? I mean, you, you have that, right? And then my mind starts working. Right, and it's like, well, if I do that, then they might say this, and then it might go here, and then until I'm like, you know what? I think I won't call. Don't laugh. You've been there. Until pretty soon, the Holy Spirit just says, you know what? If you're not going to obey, then I guess I'll just find somebody else. And we quit. We become hardened 
to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. We become hardened. We, we read in the Word of God that, 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 uh, that, that we ought to pray and that we ought to fast and that we ought to love one another and that we ought and, and, we, and we, we, we sense the Holy Spirit of God speaking to us about how we do that, but we say, no, we don't do that. And when we do that, it's just another walk down the path. Just another walk down the path. Until pretty soon, pretty soon, God stops talking. Now, there, there will be other times that the seed will be cast. Right? Because soil doesn't till itself. You guys know that, right? Who, who tills the soil? God. In this story, it's the sower. It's Jesus. Right? He, he's the one that turns hardened path to good soil. Or stony rock to good soil. We can't, we can't really even do that on our own. But you know what? But, but God works in lives. God works in lives. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't know how this works, but it works. He works in lives to move us from one place, one way, to another. You know, so as we, as we listen to this parable... Just like he told them, listen, hear me, and he told the parable to all of them. I, my sense is that, that his desire and what he wanted is he wanted them to think about this and put themselves into this story. What kind of soil are you? How do you see yourself? How are you receiving or treating the Word of God? First one's the hardened heart. Second soil. He said, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so only endure for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arise for the word's, word's sake, immediately they stumble. In this heart, the seed has a start. It has, it has a start. It germinates and it, and it sprouts, right? And, and I mean, it is, the, it is the person that hears the good news of the gospel and says, this is what I need. This is the answer to everything. There is forgiveness. There is Promises of God, there is all of this stuff. And yes, yes, I want it. I'm in. I believe you. I trust in you. And then they learn that sometimes Jesus works through trials and problems and issues. And they weren't ready for that. They're like, I'll come to Jesus if Jesus is only blesses me like what I want. Only works in my life like what I want. And Jesus says, no. I, you submit wholly to me. 
And sometimes, sometimes the God grows us, right? He grows us, and sometimes that breaking of the, of the rock is to, in order to, to get to good soil is a, is a painful process. I mean, I've, I've taken steel rods and beat them into the ground to try to get a hole started to put a fence post in. Sometimes God's like that. Because he knows what's best for us. He is always good. He knows what's best for us. Sometimes it's like that. And, 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 and these are the people that, that say, you know what? I mean, I've had them tell me this before. I used to go to church. But that didn't really work. Well, no, of course not. Jesus works. Church doesn't work. You know, or I had one tell me, I tried religion. Well, guess what? Religion doesn't work. Only Jesus works. And the Word of Jesus, the Word of God, works. And if our expectation is anything other than being planted deep, so that we can sustain through all kinds of issues then we will wither and die. The third soil was the thorny soil. How much time have I got? Ten minutes. It's the thorny soil. And you guys, I mean, you recognize that. The word was planted, and uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I, I once put in a new yard back 35 years ago. I rototilled up my yard. It looked so pretty. I planted grass seed, you know, all over it. And you know what? In about two weeks, I couldn't tell if I had any grass at all growing. I had nothing but weeds. To the point that I had to do it, I had to, do it, I had to plow it all up, tiddle it all up, and laid sod down because there, I didn't see any other solution. The seed was there. But you know what? The weeds took over first. Because the weeds grow quicker. Satan is after us to go quicker. The thorn, the, the cares of life. What, what all does it say? These are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word. And it becomes unfruitful. I think it's interesting that this this one doesn't wither and die. It just is unfruitful. Because that which is producing the more fruits are the things of the world. Right? And sometimes the soil might look good. But it's not. Uh, That's all I'm going to talk about with that. I may deal with that one more tonight if you want to come back. Verse 20 says this, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. The first thing I want us to notice is that 100 
hundredfold return, 60-fold return, 30-fold return are all unbelievable returns. But it wasn't like, okay, we got some good soil, some better soil, and then some best soil. No, it's all good soil. Because you see, the, the Lord of the harvest is the one that determines the crop. Good soil is good soil. Right? And, and, uh, and it, it, so it, it, it doesn't matter. What, it, well, what does it mean? What does it mean? It's, it's a heart that not only hears the word, but accepts it. What does it mean to accept the word? I read that passage in Jeremiah, and that's what I think it's about. Your words were found, and I ate them, and they become to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. It's when that Word of God that you hear and that you accept, that, that you bring into your life and you allow it to change it. And you say, you know what? I, I love the, the Word of God, the promises of God, more than I love those thorns. More than I love the, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of the world. None of that stuff compares to the joy and the fullness of God. And Jesus said when, when the soil reacts with the word in that way, accept it, receive it, and accept it, then there is immeasurable return. Immeasurable return. No, and, 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 I, and I think that, and I think that, the, that the, the, the fruit bearing, right? The fruit bearing, that is fullness of joy, and, and that is being able to trust God in everything. And, and, as we, and as we grow and we begin to delight ourselves in the Lord, the Psalm 27 says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Where the things that I desire are the things that God desires. And he says, you can have it. Pray this way. I'll give you what you will. Do you know those, those are New Testament promises that Jesus said. Ask and it will be given you. Right? Well, that, that, is, that is from a heart that receives the word of God. And grows in it. Oh my, I want my life to be like that. I want your life to be like that. I want us to be a people that reflect the beauty and glory of our God. And we do that through receiving the Word. As we begin to display that fruit in our lives, right? That fruit that is produced by the Word of God and by our receiving the Word of God, then, 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 the, then, the, then that begins to produce in our lives the, the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit of God. You know, goodness and joy and peace, long-suffering, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Galatians 5 says, and it says, And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, and we live in the Spirit, and we walk in the Spirit. 
and the fruit of Christ is on display in our lives. And then you know what? We become sowers. We become that. It takes the Word of God, scatters it out among the soils. We can't tell if it's good soil. We can't tell if it's thorny soil, stony soil. But that's not our job. Jesus was training his disciples to make disciples. Right? That's where, that's where we started with this whole teaching. Go make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And we become sowers, scattering, scattering the the seed of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God has soils out there that are ready to respond. And when we do, the kingdom of God keeps growing. What? Scripture says, you know, it's like a tree that the birds nest in its branches. I mean, it's a joyful, safe place. And we get to participate. But only... When our hearts are good soil. Only when our hearts are good soil. Now, I said you don't do that yourself. God does that. But, but, I, but I, want to, I want to ask you a question. This morning, has God given you the grace to recognize that maybe... You've got a hard heart. Or has God given you the grace to recognize that you're shallow soil that needs to go deeper and be broken up? Has God given you the grace to recognize that His Word has been planted in your life among thorns? Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. And while it's not something we do, if we recognize the grace of God in showing us any of those things, we repent. And we come to Jesus. Now there may be thorns grow up, and there will be more Seed planted. It's not something. It's not a one-time deal. We, we, didn't you? Didn't all of you recognize yourself a little bit in all of those soils? I hope you did. If any of them you didn't, it was probably the fruitful one, <laughs> right? I mean, that's. I tend to have a tendency to see the problems more than I do the the fruit. One's going to come and lead us in a hymn of invitation. But there, there is no heart that is too hard. There is, there is no life that is so shallow. There is no life that is in, engulfed and embedded in, flame, in, in thorns and the things of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and cares and struggles and worries and anxieties that the Spirit of God cannot break it up and make a difference. And then we live fruitful lives 
for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. You stand. As Wayne sings, if you need, if you need to be obedient to the Spirit of God. Now, you remember what I said about the hard soil. The hard soil is that which says no. Don't tell the Holy Spirit no. Do what the Lord would have you to do, whatever that is. All to Jesus I surrender. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.